The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Serving spiritual seekers around the world. Unity Online Radio. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, where spirituality and recovery meet with Rev. Anna Schaus, Ph.D. Now, here's your host, Rev. Anna Schaus. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth in recovery. My name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host. I'm glad you're listening with us today. I'm very glad that you have joined us. We've got another great program for you today. And I want to thank you so much for your comments on the Spirit of Recovery Facebook page and for letting me know what's happening for you in your spirituality and recovery walk and for letting me know that you're loving what's happening on this program and that you're getting lots out of it and that you are really liking the guests and um, enjoying what they're saying. So thank you so much for participating with us here on Spirit of Recovery. And I want to thank you for liking us on this, on Facebook, the Spirit of Recovery Facebook page. And thank you for letting your friends and the people in your recovery community, your unity community, your other spiritual communities, your friends, your family, everywhere you go. Thanks for letting them know about us here on Spirit of Recovery. It's really wonderful to broadcast on the topic of spirituality and recovery right here on UnityOnlineRadio.org. So uh, I'm just grateful to have the opportunity to do this and to bring you great guests. Every week we talk about topics that are important to the recovery community with guests who are down-to-earth, knowledgeable, and innovative My guests are always people who are either in recovery themselves or who work with or write for recovering people and sometimes all of the above. And they're always bringing practical information that you can use and lively discussions that get you thinking. You know that you can listen to Spirit of Recovery in a variety of ways. You can listen live via your computer. You can listen live via your smartphone or your iPad. You can go to Stitcher.com and download their app and search for Spirit of Recovery. And you can listen at your leisure on demand If you to lots of great archived programs we've got. Go to UnityOnlineRadio.org slash program slash Spirit of Recovery. I want you to know that Spirit of Recovery is a welcoming place, and you are welcome. If you're a person that's in any kind of recovery um, or not, if you're a person that's maybe the family member or friend of somebody that's got the disease of addiction, maybe as a family member, you're in your own recovery as a family member because, you know, family members also have a recovery process that can be engaged in, and it sure makes a big difference in one's life. Um, or maybe you're somebody that's just curious about the process of recovery, about what addiction is, um, how recovery works, all that. Whoever you are, I'm glad you're here. You're welcome. And you can uh, send in a comment or a question via email or via the phone for my guest today if you would like to. We're glad for you to be listening and glad for you to participate. Again, my name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your Spirit of Recovery host. I am a unity minister and also an addictions counselor. And in addition to that, I'm a person that has in my own circle of love and friendship 
many people that have the disease of addiction. And uh, 34 years ago, those relationships were catalysts that got me started on an active path of personal growth and spiritual relationships and spiritual development. And that my walk has always been since then and continues to be an integration of spiritual unity and recovery principles. And that keeps transforming my life and keeps me growing. So, again, I'm delighted to have the opportunity to share these ideas with you. I want you to know also that if you like what's happening on Spirit of Recovery and also many of the other wonderful programs on Unity Online Radio, and if you would like to financially support this nonprofit station, you can do that by making a one-time financial gift or an ongoing gift. Just text Unity Radio to 72727. And you can um, help financially support this nonprofit radio network. So, with that, our topic today is the dance of recovery. You know, recovery is uh, like a dance. It's, uh, we flow with the changes, we learn to keep our balance, and we learn how to partner with others. We learn to dance with life on life's terms by putting into practice powerful spiritual tools. And those tools are open and available for anybody that wants to pick them up and use them. And my guest today is Lonnie Vanderslice, and she is going to be sharing with us how she um, works her recovery with a combination of recovery and unity wisdom, and how that puts a lot of tools into her toolkit, and how she is committed in her use of them, and that keeps her dancing with life. Lonnie is an ordained Unity minister. She was ordained this summer. Um, she's a graduate of Unity Institute. She has a master's in divinity and, uh, again, an ordained Unity minister. She has a ministry, unityofspirit.org, spelled just the way it sounds, unityofspirit.org. And in that ministry, she is committed to bringing uh, together the unity principles, the recovery principles, and supporting people in recovery in their spiritual growth. Lonnie is um, also the co-owner and vice president of a company called Weave Gotcha Covered, and that's Weave, W-E-A-V-E, Gotcha Covered, and it's a 100 Jobs Program participant. She's going to tell us some more about that again today because it's really part of her work. Uh, and um, Lonnie was on Spirit of Recovery about a year ago, and at that time she did tell us about some things about We've Got You Covered and also about her and how it supports people in recovery and learning life skills and um, learning job skills, and it's it's fabulous. And they We've Got You Covered is getting lots of accolades. It's in the Kansas City area, and they're getting lots of wonderful recognition for what they're doing uh, to support women in uh, developing their lives. Lonnie is also got an incredible passion for recovery and she's because of her passion for recovery and for unity principles it has just opened so many doors of service to her and she's going to be sharing with uh, us about that today she um, has been conducting a a service for people in recovery at unity north church in kansas city it's called Living Serenity, and she's going to tell us about that. And she just got she's got so many avenues open to her. We're not going to be able to talk about it all today, but we'll have her back again. Um, but because she's got that passion, and because she lives her own, she's a person in long term recovery. Because she uh, lives her own recovery, she's um, just able to be of so much service and so many doors open. And that in itself is significant. So, Lonnie, thanks for being my guest today. Well, thank you, Anna. Thank you for for inviting me to be your guest. This is pretty exciting for me. Yeah, well, I'm glad you're here. And um, as I said, you, it's wonderful all the doors that are that are open to you. Um, gosh, where should we start? Tell, first of all, um, you have written an article that's available. If uh, it's it's in, it's called Beyond the Walls. And if people will go to the ad um, on the Facebook page, they can click through to it. Tell us a little, well, how did you get thrice blessed? What are the three big blessings in your life? Well, the thrice blessed article was the first article, and it was basically a summation of my path and my process that landed me in unity. And as we know, many times the challenges that we um, 
that we encounter and overcome turn out to be blessings in our lives. And so things that happened to me as a child and things that happened along my path, when I look back, I would not be suited to do the work that I do today had I not had those experiences and the guidance of people to work through those experiences. And so there have been many blessings in my life like that. And that article um, was written probably about a year ago, uh, and it's called Thrice Blessed, and that's in the Unity Leaders Journal as well. Mm-hmm. But then that led into this, the, the third blessing was the uh, opening of the opportunity to participate in Living Serenity, which was the brainchild of Reverend Myra McFadden at Unity of Kansas City North. She envisioned a service that would minister to people in recovery and their families. And so she collaborated with me and another individual that was in recovery as well that was in seminary to get this service going and to um, to bring it together. It was envisioned as a healing service, as a serene service that would allow us to speak to the commonalities between the principles of unity and the principles of recovery. Right. And it was it's wonderful. And it went uh, for, I think you were just getting it started. It was just going to be launched last year when um, you were my guest here on Spirit of Recovery. And so it was operative for about a year, and I know it's undergoing some changes now. But um, I know in that service, Lonnie, that y'all did a lot of preparation and a lot of thought and a lot of care about how to do that, about how to have a spiritual service in a church that supported people in recovery. And that's not always easy, right? Some people in recovery have a lot of different experiences of church or spirituality or whatever. So what were some of the things that you considered when you were creating this Living Serenity service? Well, there's a whole table at the end of the article that that details those out, but there are some things specifically that that needed to be addressed. Um, Because, as you know, people that come into recovery programs, many of them are burned out on church. Many of them have a concept of a higher power or a God, if they have one at all, that um, they brought with them from childhood. It's usually punitive in nature. And the last thing that they want to hear about is somebody else's concept of God. And so that that probably is the biggest thing to overcome is um, getting on the same page with um, a spirit, you know, with a spirit entity, whatever their concept, whatever Unity's concept, whatever the recovery program's concept is, in a way that can work for them. And then there were some other elements that had to be addressed, for example, anonymity. We decided, we made a, a conscious decision not to not to videotape that service. We were careful to only take pictures that would uh, reflect the people that were on the platform uh, because many people in recovery choose to keep their recovery anonymous, which is one of the principles. And so we wanted to honor that by not uh, taking a chance on, on um, revealing anybody's identity. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, right. And I know in your own personal story that the idea of moving into a church environment after you were uh, engaged in a recovery process was a challenge for you, I believe. Is that accurate? And yes. what, tell us a little bit about that. Well, that, that's been a journey in itself as well because when I first got into recovery, the day I decided I needed to be in recovery was also the day I decided to go back to church. And so this path has been parallel with my own path. About five years in, and this was not a unity church, but about five years in, I discovered that I wanted the community, and I loved the expression of the community, but I did not, was not able to tolerate or to resolve the theology with my belief system as it was developing in my recovery program. And so I tolerated that for a while longer, but I had to find something that would allow me to connect with this spirit of the universe, with this higher power. I understood my higher power, and unity you know, opened that door for me um, because of the right. all-inclusiveness and the you know uh, 
one presence, one power. It was something that I could walk into and not feel constrained. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it was supporting you and and developing that personal relationship and a positive relationship with a with a higher power. Yes. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. And in that way, I I had been stuck in my program for a while. Um, I was doing the deal. I was doing everything I was supposed to be doing. I was helping people. I was teaching others. I was attending all these meetings. I was, you know, passing it on. But I was stalled out in my own personal development. And it was not until I um, I encountered a different way of, of looking at the world, which was the metaphysical perspective, that I got through Unity, that I was able to get unstuck and continue my development. I had, I had felt like I was in a box prior to that. Mm-hmm. And I know lots and lots of people in the recovery programs that, that are the same way, that feel the same way, that uh, are looking for something else. And so this living serenity service, in part, was to provide a bridge for people that were gun-shy of church, didn't really know if they wanted to go to church or not, but we're looking for something else. We're looking for an avenue. You know, in the uh, literature, it talks about how the program is but a spiritual kindergarten, and that uh, we're encouraged to make use of what religious people have to offer, but there's so many things to choose from. Once I found the unity principles and uh, the metaphysics, I it unlocked my world for me, and that's when I decided I wanted to help it unlock other people's worlds as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, in that service... What are some of the responses that you got from people who uh, were attending? Did did it seem like it did uh, assist them in bringing bridging that some of the gaps for themselves with their higher power? Oh, I think that it did. I of course can't speak to their own internal experience and only what they expressed, but but I would hear comments like that really made it clear practical use of spiritual principles. Uh, it reframed things in a way that they could understand how to apply it in their situation, in their lives. It, it took it out of the theoretical realm and put it into the practical realm. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things that I found about Unity for me was that these tools, when applied to the problems and the situations and the circumstances in my own life, made a difference. And so I had some examples that I could connect when in the talks that I did for them in a way that they could see how they could apply that to their own lives. Right. Yeah, that makes a lot of difference, doesn't it? Because in the end, I think that's what spirituality is, is, is how am I walking today? Are there some things I can do? Are there some tools that I can use that are going to make a practical difference for, for myself, for my life, for how I am in the world? Absolutely. Right. Um, Tell us a little bit about some of your other things, and then we're going to come back around uh, a little bit later and have you go into great depth for us about the dance of recovery and about your tools. But, Lonnie, you really are um, so interested in so many things, and, and the, the the hub of it is your passion, just what you're saying, to bring spiritual principles, open spiritual doors for people in recovery. So if you would share with us a little bit about We've Got You Covered. Okay. Well, We've Got You Covered is a for-profit entity with a social justice mission. It is in Kansas City, Missouri. It started when I was having health challenges um, probably 10 years ago, 15 years ago, before I found Unity, and was unable to work and had been told I wasn't going to be able to work again. And uh, my partner and I decided to start doing some sewing on the side. We put some of those... uh, childhood skills that we had learned to good use, and we found that there was a market for the products that we were able to make, and those are window treatments, basically, um, you know, blinds and draperies and things of that nature. And so we began hiring people to assist us as the volume grew. We began hiring people that were uh, challenged to work a normal nine-to-five job because they were mothers of disabled children or they were disabled themselves or they could not work 40-hour work week. And we found that we had this this um, 
pool of individuals that were talented, dedicated, capable, and did not fit the norm uh, as far as what you would think of for a for-profit enterprise. We got involved with the 100 Jobs Program, uh, which is a program of uh, Amethyst Place, a transitional living space for women uh, in recovery that were homeless and um, have come out of treatment. And their program began placing individuals. We, we hired a few. In fact, half of our workforce at this point comes from that program. And these individuals have run the gamut of life on life's terms. They've made a number of choices that put them in situations that, um, you know, addiction does to us. And they are um, some of our most stellar employees. They don't want a handout. They want a hand up. They want a chance. They have taken entry-level positions. They have learned skills on the job. And they come to work. They all have small children. Most of them have small children. They work when they can. When their kids are sick, they're not penalized for staying home with their kids. Most of them are single moms. And this is the, the piece of the business that has to do with the recovery. These are the individuals that I support in their recovery as well as uh, pastoral types of uh, activities in the workforce because they come, you know, a year or two clean. And as anybody that's been at that stage in their own recovery knows, that's a time of great upheaval where we are unlearning old patterns and learning to deal with with our emotions and with the fallout from our former lives and then putting our lives back together. So that's the capacity that I function in a good part of the time at We've Got You Covered. Right. And, you know, one thing, Lonnie, that's uh, just so much that's that's really uh, – touching and, and speak so deeply to your commitment and to, to the recovery process and how it works. And one of those things is, you mentioned it, that those women don't want to hand out, they want to hand up. And you, uh, support them in that, that that's a, what, getting out of that cycle of, of having one person kind of one down and, you know, helping them out. But it's, it's really, you're using a real recovery model, which is, hey, and a real unity model, which, you know, hey, the power's within you. You can move forward here, and I'm willing to support you in that. Absolutely. Yes, these, many of these women grew up in cycles of generational poverty and addiction, and so we model a new way of living. It includes, you know, living the truth we know every minute of every day. It is not just, you know, in the meeting room or only, you know, with your sponsor or only when you're working a step or whatever. It is, this is what life is and this is, this is the way you can approach life and have it work better for you. Right. That's powerful. It's time for our break. Um, listeners, stay with us. Our topic today is the dance of recovery. My guest is Reverend Lonnie Vanderslice, and she is the minister of unityofspirit.org and the co-owner and VP of We've Got You Covered and many other things. We'll be right back. Stay with us on Spirit of Recovery. As Unity Online Radio continues to expand its programming and outreach to the world, we count on the support of listeners like you. Please make your donation today. Go to www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. At Metaphysical Rock 2... We demystify metaphysics to help you live life at a deeper level. One of our key principles is the recognition that you always have the power to choose how you respond to any situation. Instead of asking, why did this happen to me? A better practice, which aligns with the metaphysical principles we share, is to ask yourself the question, how can I use this for good? We promise you'll experience a transformation in thinking that will reap huge dividends as you master the art of living metaphysically. For new perspective and spiritual insight, listen to Metaphysical Romp 2 with co-hosts Rev. Paul Hasselbeck, Rev. Bill Holton, and Rev. Cher Holton. Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Central Time, here on Unity Online Radio. 
Does music open your heart and bring you peace and joy? Experience the sacredness of sound with Ramdesh Kaur as we travel the world of mantra, kundalini yoga, and devotional music. Join us for a journey into spirit, Thursdays at 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern, on Spirit Voyage Radio with Ramdesh. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. listening to Spirit of Recovery with Reverend Anna Schaus and her guest. If you have a question or comment or experience with today's topic that you'd like to share, call us now at 888-55-UNITY. That's 888-558-6489. Call now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unityonlineradio.org. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. I'm very glad that you joined us today. And if you're just joining us, our topic today is the dance of recovery. And my guest is Reverend Lonnie Vanderslice. Um, Lonnie is an ordained Unity minister. She is the minister of unityofspirit.org. And she is just engaged in lots of different activities that meld together the spiritual principles of the unity uh, path and the recovery path and is, has a passion for recovery and for supporting people in recovery. And she's sharing with us about that today and sharing with us about that dance of recovery and how it is that she uses wonderful tools, spiritual tools that keep her um, dancing and keep her being of service. Before I get back to my conversation with Lonnie, I'd like to invite you to uh, spend a moment with me in the Serenity Minute, a moment of relaxation, of quiet. I invite you to relax, to feel that peaceful presence of your higher power, relaxing your body temple from the crown of your head and allowing that relaxation to move all the way through your body temple. And let your mind open and your heart open. Just allow the thoughts to drift to the edges of your awareness. Notice your breath. And share with me this constructive idea. The love of God dances in my heart. I am filled with joy. The love of God dances in my heart. I am filled with joy. And now we take a moment in the quiet. friends for joining me in the Serenity Minute and I trust that this was an opportunity for you to relax, to open your heart, to feel that dancing loving energy of your higher power within your own heart. And now I'm back to my conversation with my guest Lonnie Vanderslice. You can learn more about Lonnie uh, if you go to the Facebook page, unityofspirit.org Facebook page, or you can go to her website, unityofspirit.org, and you'll find a lot of click-throughs there to the many uh, different things that she's involved with, um, the Living Serenity uh, service at Unity of Kansas City North, which um, was there for about a year. Um, also, you can go to the Spirit of Recovery Facebook page with the description of this today's program, and you can find a lot of click-throughs there and learn a lot more about Lonnie's work. So, Lonnie, before we focus really uh, specifically on the tools for the Dance of Recovery, share with um, our listeners what you were sharing with me uh, on the break there about this gala that's coming up and how we've got you covered is uh, bringing your staff members to that. Well, we are really excited about that. We, um, our, our business was named one of the top 25 businesses, small businesses, under 25 employees for 2016. 
And so the gala is the end of February, and it is the big black tie uh, formal event in which these awards are given. We typically, you have to buy tickets, you know, at, at 150 bucks or so per plate to go to these kind of events, and we decided that we wouldn't be there as a company if it hadn't been for our employees. And so we decided this year that we were going to take every employee with us. We have 18 on payroll. And so we began collecting gowns and shoes and jewelry and purses and wraps and things of that nature to be able to take our employees because we, um, as I mentioned before, employ people on a part-time basis, many single moms, many of whom are still struggling to escape the cycles of generational addiction and poverty. And so um, there was no way that each person could fund their own way to go. So we decided that we were going to take everybody. So we're in full steam ahead. We have been uh, gathering lots of ball gowns <laughs> and formal wear, and uh, everybody is really excited about it. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful, and um, I congratulations for being selected as one of the top twenty-five. And I know y'all have a blast. It'll just be incredible. Yeah, it'll be wonderful. And you know, Lonnie, what I'm seeing here really in your dance of recovery, and you alluded to this earlier. It's because you. Engage in your recovery process because even, you know, after you were in recovery, when you felt stuck, you kept doing, you kept looking, you kept doing what you needed to do to get unstuck, to keep moving ahead. You kept dancing in recovery and look what it's opened up. Now you've opened up the dance for a lot of other people. That's how it works, right? That's, that's right. Absolutely. Right. The core of it is, is your own dance. So tell us, what does it mean to dance with recovery? Share some of these tools with us. Well, for me, this is how this evolved. When uh, we were picking topics for the Living Serenity, um, I thought, well, this is a whole dance. We had been spending, we spent a year developing topics one at a time, you know, one principle, one one tool uh, at a time, and um, bringing both the unity and the, and the recovery principle together and talking about that. And I thought, you know, it's time that we start bringing these together. How do they connect because nothing works in isolation. And so as I was thinking about it, I thought, well, it's kind of like a dance. You know, for me, I, I think I learned a waltz in the third grade or something. I only learned three steps, you know, and, but that was the basis. That was the foundation. So I was thinking about my recovery and how does that work? And for me, it's somewhat similar in that I use three steps. I use the same thing over and over and over again as the foundation. And then on on, built on that foundation, I can choose some other tool depending on the circumstance. And so if I were speaking 12-step recovery, I would say it's steps 1, 2, 3, 6, 7, and 10. You know, one is is getting honest and giving up the denial that, you know, acknowledging that something's not working. And two is finding hope, which is finding a pathway Three is faith, which is understanding that there's a bigger energy, uh, call it God, call it whatever, but becoming open-minded enough to allow a new way to open up. And six is saying, I made the decision to do it different. I'm not going to fall back in my old rut. Seven is putting that into practice, and ten is saying, how'd I do? And so for me, those are the six steps, if I'm in 12-step recovery, that's the six steps that are interwoven every day. You know, um, what am I in denial about? Where's the pathway opening up? How can my higher power or other individuals show up in a way here that can help me with this? Uh, Am I doing the same thing I said I was not going to do again, or am I on a new path? You know, help me take the steps forward, and how did I do? And so I do that over and over, and corresponding with that are principles in unity. They have to do with acknowledging, becoming aware of what I'm doing and becoming aware of the belief systems and the error thoughts and the old ideas that are driving my life. Tell us what an error thought is. What's an error thought? An error thought, as I understand it, is a thought that is um, begins in the subconscious but becomes conscious when you become aware of it that is uh, not the truth of who you are. Uh, we, in our, in our human experience, we typically um, take on 
the enculturation, the ideas and the culture about us. You know, I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. Um, I, I can't do that. When in truth, in God's world, in the spiritual universe, we have everything we need. And we have abilities that we don't use. And we have power that we don't claim. And so for my, the unity side of my program is, what do I, how am I playing small? Where am I playing small? Where am I buying in to these stories that are not true, these error thoughts? And then what is the truth of the situation? In truth, I'm a, I'm a child of God and I have everything I need. I'm well taken care of. I can move forward. I'm not stuck. Right. You know, part of this is dance is sometimes when you dance and your partner steps on your toes or you step on their toes or you stumble around a bit, and that's uncomfortable. <laughs> so what, what's the value of discomfort in a dance? Well, one of the things that I had to learn is that um, in, in the program they call it Life on Life Terms. And in, there are times I'm going to be uncomfortable. You know, much as I would like to, part of my addiction was about not ever being uncomfortable. I was indulging in my addiction in order to not feel. And so once I recognized that I was going to be uncomfortable from time to time, that that um, provided the motivation to learn tools to get out of the discomfort. But the discomfort for me today is about when I'm feeling restless, irritable, and discontent or as Reverend E.J. Niles would say, the divine discontent, it's a call to go higher. When I am uncomfortable, it is a, it's an indication that something within me needs to be evaluated. Something within me needs to be looked at. There is an idea or a belief system that may not be serving me well any longer. And this is not to negate the part that other people play, because, yes, other people will step on my toes from time to time. However, I can't do anything about them stepping on my toes. I can do something about the way I react to that when my toes are stepped on. And that's where my growth lies. Mm-hmm. What are the tools that you use when that happens, when you get your toes stepped on? What do you do? Well, I'm kind of a slow learner. <laughs> because first, you know, I, I have an emotional reaction. It may not show on the outside, but I will... I will feel something. I will feel typically irritation. And upon reflection, it's usually not in that moment, but upon reflection, I'll have to say, well, why am I so irritated about that? Oh, it's because I had this belief. I have this belief that things should be different. I have this belief that they should act a different way. I have this belief that this shouldn't happen to me or whatever it is. I become aware of a belief system that's not serving me at that moment. And then I begin to work on that, and I use the denials and affirmations to work on that. Tell us about denials and affirmations. What are those? Those are unity tools. They are unity tools. And a denial is a, for me, verbal acknowledgement of the error thought. Verbal acknowledgement of the belief system that's not serving me well. And Mm -hmm. it is as simple as saying something like... That's a story that doesn't need to happen, or Mm -hmm. that's not the truth of this situation, or they're fine doing whatever they're doing. What do I need to do for me? That would be the denial piece. Right, which is really different from the the recovery use of the word denial, which means pretending that nothing's wrong, right? And that gets confusing sometimes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That that does cause some confusion sometimes. Mm Mm-hmm. It is, I equate the denial piece with the step one honesty piece. Hmm. You know, I mm-hmm. deny, I deny the, the belief system that's not working for me, which is the same thing as getting honest and saying, you know what, this isn't working for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And then the affirmation is to claim what I know to be true. Now, the outside appearance may not be such that somebody else would claim that, for me, but I know that this is true. I know that I am well-loved. I know that I'm a child of God. I know that it's going to be okay. I know that I have the tools I need to move forward. And so the affirmation part is claiming that. 
I, and I have to do it verbally. That reinforces it for me. Mm-hmm. And with the mental chatter that comes along with with uh, these kinds of things, I I often have to do it several times a day. Every time this particular irritation or thought or belief system rears its head. All right. And how? What happens for you when you apply those tools? Those are powerful tools. They're tools with your thoughts. And what happens? Well, first thing that happens is I have resistance, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I'm laughing because it it, uh, it seems like I always go through this. It's predictable. And there was a point when I was working through the twelve powers in class that I would catch my brain. It was like I was schizophrenic for a moment. It was. On one side, I'm saying, no, I can't do that. And on the other side, I'm, I'm, my brain's going, you got to try that again. You know that doesn't work. <laughs> and, and so it, what happens is I have this, uh, this turmoil inside as I begin to let go of whatever it is that's not working for me. And it's a process. And that's the thing about this dance of recovery is that it is a process, not an event. I don't just let go one time. I let go a little bit at a time, or I let go for five minutes, and then I have to let go again. Um, and so dropping a resistance, which brings in another one of the unity tools, which is the power of release, consciously releasing this, whatever the this is, has to be part of my process. Otherwise, I tend to just keep on going. Mm-hmm. And there are, there are some other discomforts that come up. And in, in, um, in unity terms, we call that chemicalization. As these old ideas are uprooted, I'm not out of my discomfort yet. I have some turmoil for a few, usually hours or days, until I get used to having a new idea, until I start working through it and understanding, having an opening up. And that usually happens after prayer and meditation. And the prayer and meditation are two uh, tools that are common to both the unity um, movement and to the to the recovery movement. So, when you're praying, Lonnie, what or who are you praying to or for? What tell us more about prayer? What's it? How does? What's it for? How does it work? Does it give you an answer? Well, I used to think I would get a postcard or a billboard or an email or a phone call and get my answer. And I have found that prayer doesn't work that way for me. Prayer, for me, is part of a practice of release. It is part of my practice of renunciation. It is saying to whoever, whatever, and wherever that... I am allowing this to go out into the universe. It is not going to be mine to hold on to anymore. It's so in that way. That that piece of the release is um, the first part of the prayer. The second part of the prayer is to claim the truth I know, which is very similar to the affirmations that I just described. And so you know, I I go through cycles. There are days when I absolutely believe that there is a higher power, a God, a presence, a being in the universe that has everything under control, and there are other days where I am not so sure. And so um, I can't really answer the question of to who or what. What I do know is that when I pray and meditate and I center in my heart and within my being, Answers come, answers unfold, doors open, situations become resolved. Right. You know, and that's putting it into action. And um, your honesty in, in saying that, which I, I certainly can relate to, and I, I guess most people can, is that some days, you know, I know that there's this um, power that's, got it all working well and some days I'm not quite so sure that honesty really opens up doors I think opens up to the to the higher power I think it probably does I have long believed that if I could describe my higher power my higher power wasn't big enough 
And so um, I half-jokingly have always said, my higher power, God is I misunderstand God, because I don't claim to have any sort of complete understanding. I have lots of concepts and ideas and thoughts and belief systems around it, but um, they come and they go, and I open up to a new idea, a new opportunity, and I get more information. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and it sounds like what you're, what's really happening, which I for me is the experience of the recovery process as well as the unity process, is it doesn't, um, it does not, God's not really so much about what's my, you know, complete description. It's about, is it working? Is, is, you know, it's like electricity. It's when I flip the light switch on, do the lights come on, sort of, exactly. so to speak. Mm-hmm. It exactly. sounds like that really happens. That's what you're saying, that things unfold. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. That's really powerful. So, um, what's tell us a little bit about unmanageability. How what is that? How do you work with it? Well, unmanageability is part of the first step of the recovery program. It is many times the indication that there's something wrong. It is an external manifestation um, of the way of of a belief system. I, you know, believe this would work for me. I believe my family should be this way. I believe my career should be that. Whatever it was I believed, I pointed my life in that direction, and that's what I'm doing. The unmanageability comes when that's falling apart, and and it it can not be falling apart on the outside. It can be only falling apart on the inside. I'm not happy. This isn't working for me. I'm struggling, I can't keep up, I'm depressed. Um, so the unmanageability for me manifests more internally than externally, but for many people when they come in the program, it's because their life has fallen apart on the outside. Tickets, jail, um, you know, uh, homelessness, etc. Mm-hmm. So as you're saying, when that unmanageability comes, it's to use those tools that you've been sharing with us and to process it. And it, Unmanageability is my yellow flag. It is a red flag or a yellow flag, depending on whether it's something I'm aware of or not. Mm-hmm. That, that something different needs to happen. Whether the difference is I need to look at it differently or do something different or turn in a different direction, um, that unmanageability, that discomfort, that call to go higher is uh, to get my attention. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's really key. I mean, there's the dance right there because as you said earlier that in when people are in active addiction, the discomfort is a signal to use. And just kind of try to numb out. But in recovery, the discomfort is a completely different signal. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. part of where I got stuck in the process, too, because I thought in recovery, when I was uncomfortable, it meant I wasn't doing something right. And so I would try harder, and that's that power of perseverance. It's the power of strength in, in unity terms. But I would continue to do it more, <laughs> do it harder, and do it, you know, longer. And sometimes I was digging a hole because I was doing the wrong thing. And so what I learned is that I have to reevaluate to say, is that the right tool? Is perseverance the right tool to, to apply here? Perhaps release is the proper tool. Perhaps I'm on the wrong track. That's a really good point because, you know, you make, because it's true, a lot of times in recovery, it's a fact that uh, people, we get down on ourselves and, and as you say, if we're uncomfortable or if it seems like we have, whatever the term would be, slipped, relapsed, whatever, and that can look a lot of different ways. Sometimes people beat themselves up and think, oh, oh, I'm not okay. I did it wrong. I can't get this right. But you're saying, oh, no, oh, no, it's just an opportunity to step back and, and ask. Ask your higher power. Ask another person in recovery. Help me out here. What's a good tool mm-hmm. for me here? What's really going on? And, you know, oftentimes I find 
experience with the people that I work with and in myself as well that it is the power of release that has to come into play first. Um, the power of perseverance and the will to live keeps us coming back and the pain that we've created ourselves. But the power of release is what we really, I have found, have to learn how to use because uh, there's a line in one of the literature, uh, one of the books that says um, some of us had old ideas and the results were nil until we let go absolutely. That old idea that I'm holding, that old belief system, that error thought, that usually is the source of my pain. And when I learn to release that, examine that, become aware of it, see how it's operating in my life, understand the ramifications of when I use it or don't use it or what have you, then I can choose a new way. Mm-hmm. That's when my life begins to change. But it almost always begins with the power of release. And I'm not sure that that's taught real effectively in the mm-hmm. program. Mm-hmm. So let me try this out, and you tell me what you think about this. So it's almost like if if we're feeling uncomfortable or if it seems, quote, like we've backslidden or, quote, slipped or whatever, that that the real opportunity there is to say, what negative idea about myself is my higher power saying, hey, good news, you can give that one up? I think that's, that's a good way to sum, sum that up. Mm-hmm. Because we, we operate, we, humankind, I think, tends to operate on autopilot until we get uncomfortable. And that's where all my beliefs, my old belief system and my old uh, operating instructions are, is in that subconscious autopilot place. And I have to, unfortunately, it seems like I have to become uncomfortable to begin to examine that. But that is the good news oh, that's not working so good. I can let that go. Right. Yep. And sometimes, you know, I mean, I find that when I'm in that place and it feels like, well, I don't know what it is, that's that surrender place is is I do just have to ask my higher power, I don't know what this is, but help me out here. Mm -hmm. And sooner or later, stuff starts to unfold and it starts to make sense. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I have to let go of trying to orchestrate the answer. Oh, tell us about that. What do you mean? <laughs> I mean, because I'm uncomfortable, I want an answer, and I want it now. So mm. I, uh, I, you know, uh, I can't say I do this all the time, but I've been known to ask somebody, uh, you know, two or three somebodies until I get the answer I want to hear, or go to, you know, seek seek uh, answers in different books until I found something that sound, find something that sounds reasonable or sounds like it ought to work. You know, that's mm-hmm. not letting go. And I have to, when I'm employing the power of release and when I'm going to let go and let God, I have to let go, which for me means sleep on it, don't think about it, use the affirmations and denials and push it to the side, do with the next thing that's in front of me, the next right thing, the next thing that's on my path, and allow the answer to unfold in its own time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that's really that trust. And sometimes, you know, that's the hardest thing in the world is to trust. Is to trust that there's that power that's got you, got you, got your, you know, you held up, got your back, um, that loves you, that's guiding you. Mm-hmm. That's true, and um, you know that's that's why it, it it happens very early in the process, the uh, second step uh-huh. of of the twelve step program, where we mm-hmm. have hope that there's a new way, and the new way is through faith, and then we work on developing faith. Faith for me is also a process; it's not an event, and I can stay in faith longer now than I ever used to, but there are times when my faith is shaken, and I have to say, what is it I'm believing in? Because I find sometimes that I have slipped into a belief system that's not anchored in the truth of spirit, and when that happens, I'm back on shaky ground. 
but I had the opportunity to reevaluate that and renew my faith. Mm-hmm. And once, when I do that several times, you know, over a period of years, actually, I begin to be more comfortable and be able to trust. I go, yeah, I know what it looks like, but you know what? It's going to be okay. I know it doesn't look like that, but it's going to be okay. And I can move forward without being so uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Because you've had several experiences of feeling like you got off your faith, but then you got back into it. Is that kind of what helps? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. You know, and that's, mm-hmm. I've tried to just have blind faith, and that's, that doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. I have the kind of faith that is built experientially. I try it, it worked. Oh, good, try it again. Oh, that worked. Oh, okay, yeah, I know that's going to work. I'm just, it, that becomes a part of my toolkit. I don't even have to think about it anymore. Right. That sounds a lot like dancing. Yes, it is. <laughs> you, you know, your feet automatically know where to go. Right. Yeah, that's really cool. That's pretty amazing. Um, you know, Lonnie, you've just given us a lot to think about. And um, I really appreciate uh, how you're talking about it's important to process your feelings, to process your thoughts, not just to kind of paste it over. I have found that if I don't, they leak out anyway, and they contaminate my life. And then I have more unmanageability that I have to deal with. So I found it incredibly important to process. It is a process, not an event. Recovery is a process, not an event. And so when I have one of these situations that I am uncomfortable about, I have to process it. I have to allow the emotions to be expressed because that's how they're released. And then they're not triggering old old stuff, and they're not contaminating my current life. Um, and that's what has worked the best for me. Right. And that's, I think, a real congruent spirituality. So it's about time for us to wind up our program here today. And so, Lonnie, what was your final word of wisdom that you can share with us about the dance of recovery? (laughs) Well, as you know, in that talk that I gave, I read this poem, but I'm Mm -hmm. not sure if we have time for that. The... um, the final word of wisdom is you just keep on dancing. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, uh, that is the thing that the power of perseverance has given me is I get up and I try again. I get up and I try again. Lonnie, thank you so much. You blessed us today, and we'll have you back. We want to hear more about this dance of recovery and all your tools here. So thanks for being my guest today. Thank you for having me. I've really enjoyed it, and I look forward to being on the show again sometime. Absolutely. We'll have you back. And listeners, thank you so much for listening. We've been talking about the Dance of Recovery with my guest, Reverend Lonnie Vanderslice, and you can look up um, all about her if you go to unityofspirit.org or to the Facebook page for Unity of Spirit. Many blessings. Have a wonderful week, and we'll be back next week on Spirit of Recovery. Thank you for listening to Spirit of Recovery with Rev. Anna Schaus, Ph.D., and her guests. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central Time for down-to-earth ideas about keeping spirituality at the heart of your recovery. This program is brought to you in part by Soul Matters Ministry, committed to bringing light to the soul. Online at soulmatters-spiritworks.org. What if you were intentional about your life, committed to having more energy and being more vibrant? Join Reverend Temple Hayes, spiritual leader of First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, as she guides you on a journey to an intentional and energetic life. Empower your life and fully express the wondrous energy, love, and joy you hold in your wildest imagining. Joyfully and actively know that more important than what happens after you die is the deeper and enriching concern for what happens while you're living. How can you experience an incredible life right now? Learn how 
each week on The Intentional Spirit. Seeing and Being, Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Central Time, right here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'm Liz Winter and I have been a medium and a spiritual development teacher for over 30 years. On my podcast, All Aboard the Mediumship, I want to share the message with you that there is a wealth of love and comfort available to you from the spirit world. On my podcast, you can experience this comfort and peace for yourself through gentle guided meditations and helpful messages. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you never miss an episode. Part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network.